0: Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com.
1: Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camel wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com. And by Professional Hearing Care, LLC of Moston, La Crosse, Westby, and Fitchburg profhearingcare.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, adventure outfitter Nick Gordon invites us to go winter hammock camping. DNR biologist Christina Kazuski provides an update on chronic wasting disease in the elk herd in Jackson County, and Huntworth Gear Pro staffer Jeff Buds returns with more advice for turkey hunters. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, heard every week at this time on AM 1070, the game, and any time at all, wherever you get your podcast. That might be LakeLink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, or other platforms. And joining us again is Pat Hasberg, proprietor of DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on Northport Drive in Madison, and on the web at DSBait.com. And there you'll find links to his Facebook and Instagram accounts, and his weekly fishing report, which is posted every Friday morning to help you get ready for the weekend. Pat, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again.
2: Hey Dan, always a pleasure.
1: Well, here we are again talking about open water. What is going on?
2: Well, I wish you know, I wish I had the answer to that. I'd probably be a much more wealthy person if I if I could have all the answers to what the weather is doing. But all I know is that the ice situation around Madison, anyway, is not great
1: yeah and i've listened to your fishing report from last week and the warner park pier is going to be there all winter are they going to leave it in
2: yeah the city decided they were going to try that this year if you're not familiar there's a break wall on the warner park launch and it's the pier that they left in is the one that's kind of tucked most into the corner so they're thinking that well if we ever get ice that that ice won't you know heave up and damage it at in that area so You know, it's a a welcome thing because every fall we go through this, especially in recent falls, you know, you've got warm weather in in November and December, but the city, they just set a date on their calendar and they say, this is the date we're pulling the piers regardless of the weather. And, you know, it makes people upset. So, and the same thing in the spring, they don't put them back in until a certain date. And, you know, there's nice days in February anymore sometimes. It's nice that they're kind of accommodating anglers that way, but... You know, it's also, you know, a sign of the way the weather patterns and global warming are making things this way now, I guess.
1: Yeah, it seems that way. Well, maybe they'll have to change their policy and not set calendar dates, but say, uh, well, we're going to watch the weather and then we'll take it out when it's ready or we'll leave it in all year or whatever.
2: All they would have to do is talk to some local anglers and uh-huh. they would know what would be a good
1: time. Well, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision right so what are open water fishermen doing now you mentioned before we started recording some guys are putting their boats back in the water
2: yeah some guys are unwinterizing their boats
1: because
2: (laughs) you know looking at the long-range forecast here even past the new year now it's looking like low 40s and upper 30s for the highs and mid to upper 20s for the lows which isn't going to make any ice and you know there's still open water and you can still put boats in and you know the walleye fishing's been good Uh, around town getting a lot of fish up shallow still Uh, fish are still kind of in that early ice pattern where you're going to find the walleyes up shallow and so they're still around and you know, there's not much musky season left, but I, I bet I had a dozen calls the other day for folks looking for musky suckers, you know, trying to get out. So, you know, there's a lot of good action to be had. It's a different weather pattern this year.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Well, how about the other lakes? Wabisa, I would imagine, is still open, or most of it, huh?
2: Oh, yeah. All the lakes are wide open, even mm-hmm. Cherokee here on the north side, which is always the first to freeze over. I drove by this morning on my way into work, and it was totally wide open all the launches are open there's no ice anywhere so if folks are looking to get their boat out madison's a great place to do it
1: yeah okay well if you are going to be walleye fishing this time of year uh, assuming you're still open water fishing what's the best way to try to get some
2: well in the fall paddle tails and crankbaits are very effective as that water temperature starts to come down but right now we're at that point where the water temps are very low. They're in the low 30s. The water is to that point where it's cold and the fish are a little more lethargic than they are, say, in like October or early November. You know, the bite is kind of shift, at least from what I hear here at the shop, from crankbaits and, and paddle tails and stuff like that. Swim baits still work fine, but I hear more people getting fish on live baits just under a sweat bobber. It's mostly a night bite. They're doing well with large fatheads and blacktail chubs some on shiners too every now and then some folks will hit them good on shiners mostly a live bait seems to be most effective when the water gets to that point where it's near freezing
1: okay and how about panfish
2: well they are getting panfish I'm sure you've you know about Monona bay down yep. here is you know a local hot spot an early ice hot spot and gets hit real hard every year and Just because there's not ice there doesn't mean that the panfish haven't moved in there like they do every year. So there are a lot of bluegills in there right now, and folks are doing well on crappies. And they're using all the same things you would use through the ice, just in open water. So, you know, a a small bobber with an ice jig underneath it and a spike on there or a wax worm has been uh, real effective for some folks.
1: What are you hearing from other lakes, Koshkanong or Beaver Dam, for instance?
2: Well, Beaver Dam actually had some ice for a while that held on a little bit longer than the ice we had here, and they were doing good on walleyes up there for a while, I heard. Kashkenang, I haven't heard much out of the lake itself, but I do hear where the river dumps into the mouth of Kashkenang all the way up to the Jefferson Dam, the walleyes are starting to move into their overwintering spots, so deeper holes and corners and stuff like that, and doing well with jigs and live bait working through those areas.
1: Okay. How about Wisconsin River and Lake Wisconsin?
2: Well, I don't hear about a lot of action on the river itself unless you're talking about dams. All the fish right now are backed up at dams. You get a lot of walleye, a lot of sauger at dams. So Prairie du Sac, Wisconsin Bells, Castle Rock, Petenwell. All those dams are great spots for walleyes and saugers this time of year. There's still quite a few shad in the system right now although those fish will start to die off if we can get some of these colder nights. But some real good action for the walleye and sauger. I don't hear much about bass these days. Lake Wisconsin has had an on-again, off-again relationship with ice uh, over these last couple of weeks. Some guys will stop in the shop and head up there only to find out that the lake has skimmed over and they can't launch a boat. Other days, you know, it's wide open. And they're getting walleyes up there, too. A little bit of ice fishing happening in near Harmony Grove and the Sinker's Wayland's grade, they were on there for a little bit. But it seems like lately it's more of a tip-up game out there, bass and pike. Uh, not much in the way of panfish these days. Still some folks getting out and getting some fish. But last I heard, that's wide open again here, too. So.
1: Uh-huh. Now, you mentioned uh, dams and uh, walleyes stacking up. You're talking below the dams, right?
2: Below the dams, correct. Yep, just deeper pockets, uh, back eddies, stuff like that, you know, areas where they can just kind of hang out but still enjoy all the fruits that come along with dams and stirring up baits and giving them a lot to eat there.
1: Yeah, right. Now, folks are still fishing the Mississippi open water. The Last I talked to people, they're getting out, catching walleye and panfish. Are you hearing much on that?
2: Yeah, same kind of deal. The dams are, are very productive spots for that. And I have talked to a couple guys that have come through the shop that are getting perch out there just like they would if there was ice. The Mississippi River perch action is legendary. Uh, They've got some real jumbo perch out there and guys are getting up there and getting out. And some of the local guides up there have airboats and some of the backwaters and, and areas that skim over they can get to, but I don't know the status of all the backwaters over there, but I gotta think that ice isn't safe anymore. But they are getting out and they are getting fished. It's not like the fish stop eating. They have to keep eating through winter and whether there's ice or open water, they're still there.
1: That's right. They don't care and we just have to adapt. That's right. Well, Pat, we're gonna let you go, but I appreciate that report and I think last time I talked, I said, well, we'll talk about ice fishing soon, but I'm not gonna say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to stay positive over here. So let, let's just say next time we talk, we'll talk about ice fishing.
1: All right, all right. That yeah, sounds good.
2: It's, it's a rough one. It's a rough one for sure.
1: Yeah. Are you open now over the Christmas weekend?
2: Yeah, we'll be open even Christmas Eve. will be open till six. So it's a, it's our normal hours. The only day we're closed will be Christmas Day.
1: Okay. Well, Pat, yeah. Merry Christmas to you, and thanks so much for that report. And we'll catch up with you in the new year.
2: Thanks,
1: Dan. Yeah, to you, and Yeah, we'll talk soon. All right. Pat Hasberg with the Madison Report. You can find him at DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on Northport Drive and on the web at dsbait.com. And don't forget to check out his fishing report every Friday morning on his Facebook page. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters.
3: Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com.
1: If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Huey and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Huey and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupie.com. And all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, joining me again from Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, um, any chance to do any more hunting this... No uh, this week this season. No, not. Well,
4: I'll, I'll get a chance this season yet. Uh yet, you, you know, you a week and a half or so here, but uh uh but I I'm uh I did not get a chance this last week. I was hoping to, but there's so many things going on for the holidays, Christmas programs, uh, both for my wife's school and my kids' school and uh still have other sports and things going on. It's just too difficult uh, and uh so, you know, try trying to squeeze that in, but you know, you got to balance balance that life balance yet
1: absolutely and how are your bees faring with this mild winter so far
4: you know i don't think they're hating it uh, my my biggest fear is that when it's mild uh they will eat more they they uh, uh will end up uh basically just kind of lounging they don't have to work so hard to to keep everything warm and so they they'll eat because essentially there's they're nothing else to do. So they kinda go through the reserves a little bit faster uh when that happens instead of concentrating on just keeping things warm, uh having a job to do. And so uh we'll have to see if they get into their emergency stores later this winter when uh, you know I'm I'm sure it'll eventually turn cold. So um you know we'll see how they do.
1: Yeah, well good luck with that. Our sheep are enjoying the mild weather, although they don't mind the cold weather at all. Um, but uh, they 're even uh, grazing a little bit we 've let them into a couple of pastures where we normally keep them out in the winter. but you know, and if we get some rain this week and some more mild weather i don 't know if that grass will grow again or not, but um, they're they 're having a good time of it too. Sure. Well, I went to my Safari Club International Badgerland Chapter Christmas party last weekend at Chula Vista and Mike Kaminsky had to show us some, uh, had a chance to show us some beautiful deer that he he and his family have taken, and we're hoping to get him on next year's deer show. I didn't win a gun this time. Randy May said, well, Dan, you can't win a gun every time. I said, well, I wasn't planning on it, you know, but it's it's nice when it happens. But I did meet a couple who are from Northland College. They were students from back in my teaching days in the 1980s, believe it or not, Paul Ulig and Donna Gilkison, who are married and live in Eau Claire now, and it was great to catch up with them. He spotted me, and he says, do you miss teaching at Northland? And I said, well, in some ways, yeah, but how do you know I taught at Northland? And he said, oh, I was a student there. And You know? uh,
4: Were they one of your students? Well,
1: she was, and neither neither she nor I could remember what class she took, so (laughs) (laughs) I remembered her name, and, uh, you know, it's just nice to run into the folks from the sure. past. I, you know that happens now and then. Well, and coming up in a couple of weeks, I will be at the 13th annual Randy and Janine Memorial Fishery, and that benefits Abate Wisconsin. You probably are familiar with that. That's the Motorcycle yep, Rights yep. Group. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be on Saturday, January 20th at Knucklehead's Bar and Grill on Little Cedar Lake. And the proceeds go to raising motorcycle awareness. Randy Brossard and Janine Roman were actually killed in a motorcycle accident in 2011. And this event has raised thousands of dollars now for Abate. And uh, they support, as I mentioned, motorcycle rights, safety, and education. So check my Facebook page for details and if you're driving around the West Bend area, you might see a sign um, Jeff Kalo sent me a photo of a big sign out front of the uh, fleet farm there that had a a banner that said meet dan small meet so he, dan small yes. i saw it yeah <laughs> so so i hope to see folks at knuckleheads in west bend on january 20th i'll be there i won't be there at 5 a.m but it starts at 5 and it goes to 4 in the afternoon i'll be there probably from noon till closing and there's ice fishing and a cash raffle and a meat raffle and good cheer and of course support for a abate wisconsin Well, coming up, Huntworth Pro Staffer Jeff Buds comes back one more time with more turkey hunting advice and a review of Huntworth gear and foreplay box calls. DNR biologist Christina Kazuski updates us on CWD found in Jackson County and its possible impact on the elk herd there. And adventure outfitter Nick Gordon invites us to his 13th annual winter camping trip Called the frozen butt hang, all that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio.
5: Get ready now for 2024 with the official Outdoor News Sportsman's Calendar. Whether it's hunting, fishing, or finding your local sports show, this collectible calendar has it all. Stay ahead with moon phases, peak fish and wildlife activity times, and more, all surrounded by original images from the nation's top wildlife artists. Now available in multiple states, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois, all the way to New York. Supplies are limited, so get yours today at OutdoorNews.com.
6: Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle Li from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, Echomap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery, all packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today.
4: Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small. We have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit
7: online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs.
0: Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Joining me now is adventure guide and outfitter Nick Gordon. He's the owner of Now Outdoors Expedition Company, and he's led people to backcountry adventures in Wisconsin, the Boundary Waters, Mount Everest, the Andes of Peru, the Amazon jungle of Columbia, and beyond, and his website is nowoutdoors.org. He joins us now from, I believe, his home base in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, Nick, welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network.
8: Hey, Dan, glad to be back.
1: You are home. Yep. That's a rarity for you, isn't it?
8: Yeah, the month of November into December, I'm home quite a bit more prepping for winter. We've got a really, really busy winter season that's about to, to unfold here.
1: One of your big events is the Frozen Hang, and this is coming up in January. When does it actually happen? This
8: will be January 5th through the 7th up near Pearson, Wisconsin. And right now we've got uh, at least 45 people registered. It's it's just a big free fun event for people that love being out in the wintertime and, and this particular trip is for hammock camping. It's sort of a celebration of hammocks and we get a lot of DIY gear makers and folks from all over the place that come out for this one.
1: How many can you accommodate on an event like this?
8: A lot of places that host big camp outs they're limited because of maybe maybe they're at a campground or campsite where there's parking limitations or space limitations for tents in the Northwoods, there's trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where we host this event, it's actually on a on a little peninsula off the Ice Age Trail near Game Lake. And because it tends to attract a more advanced winter camping crowd, folks that are really comfortable out in the cold and have a lot of quality gear that they can trust out there, they're more likely to actually set up camp kind of further away from the main fire. So with that said, you know, we get people that will go across the lake, hike down the Ice Age Trail, some other areas. People kind of spread out and find this spot. We still have one big central fire, so when there's a group of 40, 50 people, that fire might be eight feet across, so we can, you know, have all our water pots and things on there. And we're going to a lot of cooking, pretty much all day cooking going on, but we haven't felt it's really crowded, to be honest. People will go for hikes during the day. There's maybe a couple of people that ice fish. So it's a lot of fun.
1: Campfires are essential to most camping trips, but I guess it's really important if you're winter camping.
8: Yeah, when you have an open fire outside, there's a lot of firewood you got to process with a lot of hands out there. It makes it relatively easy. Some folks actually will have hammock hot tents. So imagine, you know, what you'd picture is a typical A-frame style wall tent, but maybe one side's a little bit wider than the other and there's a hammock in the middle. So if you're burning a wood stove, it's a lot more efficient. But, yeah, there's a lot of firewood processing going on, and the fire never really goes out for this one. There's always somebody sitting out there cooking or hanging out.
1: You call this the frozen butt hang, and you mentioned hammocks a couple of times. Where did this idea come from?
8: Back when I started Now Outdoors, uh, 2010, I was actually already leading some trips in 2009 uh, with just peers and friends. The hammock camping community was sort of a gateway for me to get back out in the woods. I spent a lot of time as a kid in my grandmother's cabin up north near Pearson actually and you know in high school and college you kind of put some of those hobbies and things on the back burner and so I'd taken a a couple classes in college and I was invited to be a TA for the outdoor programs and I got back into it and when I discovered Hammock Camping I found this really cool community online through uh, hammockforums.net where you know all these folks were out there kind of finding their own way of being out in the woods in essentially a more comfortable way, as they would describe it. I really fell in love with the community. And they would host these things called group hangs where you just get together with a bunch of other buddies from the internet that sleep in hammocks and, you know, find a park and hang out for a weekend. Minnesota actually hosted the first Frozen Butt Hang. It was a really cool idea, and they had a lot of people there. But, you know, it wasn't really near where I was living, and I thought I could do something a little bit different too. Their frozen butt hang, I believe, was hosted by a, a YMCA campground. And I tend to be more interested in the high adventure stuff. So I thought, well, maybe I can do something similar. Uh, but we'll hike in farther. We'll make it, we'll try to, you know, find a colder temperature, you know, make it more, more, a little more challenging. So we called it the, the cold cheese hang or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but over the years, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. The first four or five years, I think there were just the same five to twelve people showing up. And now it sort of has come alive in a way, and we get people from across the country, and we get these bigger groups. We get YouTubers that come out there every year now to film, and it's just kind of a big, fun thing. I definitely didn't come up with the idea, but I ran with it here in Wisconsin, and it's been going as long as I've had now outdoors. It and never gets old.
1: This is the 13th annual. What is the great appeal to winter camping?
8: Well, a lot of folks would tell you they don't like bugs, and there's no bugs out there. They want some alone time. They want to unplug and just be in a quiet space and do their thing. And granted, the frozen butt hang, there's a lot of people out there. But in the wintertime, when you're out in the woods, it's a very quiet place. The snow, I feel like, absorbs sound. And you can see farther into the woods because there's less foliage on the trees. And you can, you know, track animals and you can hear things. It's a different experience. I think a lot of people who winter camp would also argue.
1: And eating well is a big deal for you on these trips, isn't it?
8: pork spaghetti that people love, and thinking about my breakfast menus and kind of think outside the box a little bit. Like, I like French toast, right? But one of my favorite ways to make it in the woods is instead of using Texas toast, use pound cake. Why Ah, not? Sure. There's no rule that says you have to use Texas toast, right? Yeah. Little things like that to just add the extra calories uh, really go a long way.
1: Well, you've got some exotic trips planned for this coming year as well, don't you?
8: Yeah. Well, we're going to be going back to Peru uh, end of June for about two weeks. We'll be down there doing a Inca Trail, Machu Picchu portion and then we're gonna go out to a more remote, remote area and do a an Ausangate circuit. And then we've got plans to go to Nepal at the end of September. So that one's on the calendar now. We're just starting to get people registering for Everest Base Camp. And we are working on possibly this fall doing an actual pack rafting trip as well. It's been, and it works for a while. I'd like to see it happen next year. But a lot of folks, they, they think of Nepal, they think of the mountains. But we're also, we've got a pack rafting trip that is just about ready to put out there and and uh, see what we can do.
1: Well, if people want to learn more and especially register for your events, what's the best way to reach you, through your website?
8: Yeah, the best way to reach us is to shoot us an email at info at dot org.
1: Okay. Well, Nick, we got to let you go, but thanks so much for telling us about the frozen butt hang. I hope some of our listeners take the opportunity to join you and have some fun in the winter. It's not going to be that cold, or at least right now it isn't. We don't know what January is going to look like yet.
8: Yeah, it's going to go by real quick, I think, this year. It's, uh, It's been pretty mild, but there is a lot of nice cold temperatures way up north where there's a lot of good ice formation, not a lot of snow yet, so hopefully the slush won't be quite so bad.
1: Well, Nick, thanks so much, and happy camping, and Merry Christmas to you.
8: Yeah, you too. Thanks for having
1: me. You bet. Nick Gordon is the owner of Now Outdoors Expedition Company. You can learn about his events and sign up if you want to join him on one at nowoutdoors.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
0: Listen to more Outdoors Radio online online at DansmallOutdoors.com Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small
1: Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Huntworth Gear is performance camo wear at a price you can afford. You can find it at Mills Fleet Farm and other retailers and also online at huntworthgear.com. Joining us once again, two weeks in a row now, is Huntworth Pro Staffer Jeff Buds he's a guide, a writer, and a pro staffer with several companies. He lives down in Florida, but he travels all over the country and all over the world, actually. He has more than 35 years of experience hunting all over the world, and he's killed more than 500 wild turkeys, more than 100 grand slams, and he's a Huntworth pro staffer. And His website is tagitworldwide.com. You'll find links to his Facebook and Instagram accounts there as well. He was on our show last week, and Jeff, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again.
9: Thanks for the introduction, Dan. Great to be back.
1: It is great to talk to you, and we ran out of time last week, and we never got to talk about Huntworth gear, but that's the camo pattern that you've been wearing for some time, isn't it?
9: Absolutely. I love it.
1: And what is it about Huntworth that you like? Besides Uh, the price, it's a good price. Well, first
9: off, what grabbed me is they came up with their own camo pattern. Yep. I don't pay for somebody else's logos, and that's what people are doing when they're wearing a lot of this other camo. I just want good stuff that lasts. A lot of equipment that I buy that's very expensive, but it lasts a long time, and it's great quality. What Huntworth did is they came in and they created something for instance i've got the waterproof top and bottom that's also warm i honestly wear it plenty just to keep warm but it's held up i've had the same suit for three years and it's probably half the price of moth yoke or real tree or under armor or nomad brand of the same waterproof exterior shell jacket I love it. It's very functional. Uh They went through a, a learning curve as any company when they're starting off, and I had given some advice many years ago as far as fit and longevity and different stuff, and the great news is how receptive they are, you know, and they listen to the consumers. Anyway, just a smaller company, and they've got their finger on the pulse, and I'm impressed from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, I've been wearing their gear for a number of years as well, and my son has too. My son and I have both the extra warm heat boost and the normal heavyweight stuff. And our deer season was so mild this year that John said, even this, this regular warm stuff, I can't wear it. If I'm doing any walking, I'm too hot. It's great for sitting. Yeah. But the heat boost yeah. itself, I mean, you can sit all day in frigid temperature.
9: Yeah, it's good stuff, good stuff.
1: And the patterns that they devised are computer-generated, I believe they they all are. They look like natural things, but their original pattern, Disruption, is totally computer-generated. And the more recent ones, I believe they're still computer-generated, but they look more natural, more like sticks and twigs and leaves and that kind of thing. But they help you disappear, for sure.
9: Yep, I agree. And as much as you talk about patterns and this and that, and some of the companies go absolutely crazy, and they'll show you a picture like, look at the seven people in this picture that are in camo. And, you know, I've seen some of that stuff and been been impressed. But if you're a good hunter and you're doing what you're supposed to do, paying attention, staying out of the way of your quarry, and doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, you don't have to be invisible. You just have to blend in. And, And the stuff these guys make, it works great. It really does.
1: Well, let's talk about another product now that you and I are both working with, and that is the four-play turkey call of Brian Benolkin of Pennsylvania. He didn't invent it. He bought the design, and he's selling it. And it's a turkey call that actually makes four different sounds with one box call. It's a patented design. And now he's got a newer one that... I haven't seen one yet, but he's got one that he's sending me, uh, and and as soon as I get it, I'm going to start playing with it because I want to use it next spring. It's called the Rafter, but you've used that and quite successfully, haven't you?
9: I have, and so the listeners, because, of course, we're listening and not watching, they all know what the normal box call looks like, and you have a paddle, and just imagine with the paddle they strike both sides differently, you know one going away one coming to you go back and forth well the difference with his it has a hinge on the end of the paddle makes it so you can spin the paddle to the back side and there's two more pieces of wood so there's four different and they have different type of wood and thusly different sounds it's perfect because you can sound like multiple different birds i always have two mouth calls in my mouth i used to have three but i've and make and there's some dude sitting there yeah. with his call and I go oh man and then another time I hear the worst call in the world I honestly think somebody's predator calling and I go stomping around the corner to give them a piece of my mind going you're going to scare every bird away get out of here ha, blah 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 and there's a flock of turkeys in the boss hand is sounding off and she sounded the worst thing and they're all talking back and forth so beauty is in the eye of the beholder and the sound they all have different sounds but i like one of them the best they just each have a different tone and if you've heard enough of calling you can discern between the differences and use that to your advantage something else when you're calling a little tidbit especially with a box call the sound 30, 50, or 100 yards away is going to be so much different. And I like analogies for everybody. So anybody who wants to think about difference in tone, we all think we know what we sound like. Go ahead and record yourself and listen to it. It does not sound the same. You know it's you, but it does not sound the same as it does in our own head, because there's a difference. But anyway, have a friend use it, Step away, and I tell you, you know, I do a lot of osteology guiding, but where I really do well is I guy grand slams. you know i'm the only one that does it and guys search me out and my norm is a guy that's killed maybe one most of them have never killed a turkey they hear about it find out about me and they want to check it off their list so i do a grand slam i have a guy come in orlando i pick them up and they're coddled it's door-to-door everything included so i pick them up we do an osceola in south Florida. we drive to the north floor the georgia line and hunt for an eastern and four days trip they're done with two toms That's late March, early April, and then in late April or early May, I pick them up in Denver. We drive, go to South Dakota or Nebraska for a Miriam, and then down to Kansas or Nebraska for a Rio, back to Denver. They're eight days, four toms, single-season Grand Slam. And they check it off their list and say, thank you very much. So I do that. So not only for my own personal birds, but with the guys that it means everything to because they're paying the bills. It says a lot when that's the only thing I'll carry and have. And I will for, I can't imagine changing it up. It really works well. So it's been all over the country for all the different types of birds and works just the same and works great for all of them.
1: What are the advantages of a box call that has a variety of different tones when you're hunting all over the country as you are?
9: Whether I'm using a mouth call or a slate. So if I have a slate call, I carry two with me because with mouth calls, I have two in my mouth, slate calls. I'll sand them and my strikers, and I'll have them ready when it's crunch time. And in the box call, I have one box call. Whenever I'm against a bird, We're trying to get inside of his head. We're trying to make him think that there's a receptive hen or a flock of birds. I always try and sound like a party, and he just can't resist it. He has to come check us out. And when he does, then you can hopefully be able to capitalize on that.
1: And you can do that with the four different sides on the rafter and your mouth call and your slate calls.
9: Yep, and in combination, think about having that, two slate calls, two yep. mouth calls, one box call, and I do a couple little tweaks with my mouth calls, but if, and I change when I call, I'll turn my body, I might step behind a tree, I might go over a little lip, because as you know, just, just the difference in tone, and then the pitch and the sound and movement around, I just want to blow them away, and make just can't resist. Because time is money. I mean, for me, when I'm doing it for a living and I've got a lot involved, I need to get in and get out. And I tell everybody this, I'm not paid to hunt. I'm paid to kill. And I'm the best I know at it, in chasing these guys the way I do it, I hope that speaks, gives a little bit of, of more of an endorsement for products that I use. Because I wouldn't be out there using them successfully if they didn't work.
1: Well, Jeff, it's been great talking with you both last week and again this week, and we touched on it a little bit last week, but what is left for Jeff Buds, the turkey hunter?
9: A lot of things. Finishing up different slams with different weapons, big things, but I've slowed down definitely. I haven't gotten four grand slams since 20 when I've got to 100. That was my goal. I wanted to super slam all 49 states Uh, because there's none in Alaska and I wanted 100 Grand Slams. Now I'm slowly just chipping away at different Grand Slams with different weapons, different styles, left-handed. But the big thing is I've got a a five-and-a-half-year-old. Pretty soon he'll be chasing whenever he's ready for it and it's going to be everything for me. And I do try and get away as much as I can and chase him because I know whenever he does, those birds are going to be thankful he came around because the pressure's going to be taken off. It's going to all be about him.
1: Fantastic. Well, Jeff... We will keep in touch as we have over the years and I especially want to hear about your son's um, interest in hunting if he develops that and how he does and, and, uh, what his future looks like. It's a great story. So thanks so much. Gotcha. And, and Merry Christmas right. to you and to your family and we will keep in touch.
9: Hey, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas and God bless. Thanks,
1: Dan. Thank you. Jeff Buds is a turkey pro as you could tell. He's a guide, a writer and a fellow with a lot of experience in turkey hunting. You can book him if you like or learn what he's been up to at tagitworldwide.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
3: Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipo from Professional Hearing Care. And I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health. And that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com.
1: Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters.
5: Get ready now for 2024 with the official Outdoor News Sportsman's Calendar. Whether it's hunting, fishing, or finding your local sports show, this collectible calendar has it all. Stay ahead with moon phases, peak fish and wildlife activity times, and more, all surrounded by original images from the nation's top wildlife artists. Now available in multiple states, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois, all the way to New York. Supplies are limited, so get yours today at OutdoorNews.com.
6: Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle Li from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, Echomap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery, all packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today.
0: Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Chronic wasting disease has been present in Wisconsin for more than 20 years And every year it shows up in another county or two. And the most recent new county with a CWD-positive deer was Jackson County. And as you probably know, Jackson County is also the location of Wisconsin's second elk herd. And joining us now to talk about this recent development and implications for the elk herd is Wisconsin DNR wildlife biologist Christina Kazuski. Christina, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network.
10: Thanks for having me today, Dan. I appreciate it.
1: Well, what can you tell us about that CWD-positive deer, the first one discovered in Jackson County?
10: The CWD-positive came from a hunter-harvested deer. It was a two-year-old buck, and the location of that harvest was on the very northwestern side of Jackson County, very near the Trumpelo border, actually, within a mile of the Trumpelo border. And so, you're right, this is the first documented positive white-tailed deer in Jackson County and it was located actually about five miles from the first Trempeleau County positive as well. I actually was the one that sampled that buck from the hunter and actually sampled it as well with two other fawns that were harvested by the hunting party in which those fawns came back negative for CWD. Since then, there's been one additional CWD positive that was, again, a two-year-old buck, and it was harvested on uh, the 18th of November, so during gun season. This was also on the very western border of Jackson County, however, about 10 miles south of that positive, so kind of towards the mid- to southern end of Jackson County. When we found out that the first CWD positive was within five miles of the Trumpelow County positive. We definitely felt that there could be a tie between those two positive animals. However, since then, the second positive came up and it's further away than a typical buck going to be traveling at that time. So we feel like these are more isolated instances and not tied based off of their location.
1: Now, baiting and feeding of deer was already banned in Jackson County because of discoveries of CWD outside the county, correct? That's
10: correct. Jackson County incorporated its first bait ban due to a CWD positive within Eau Claire County. And so when a CWD positive occurs, we put a 10-mile radius on that data point, and any counties included within that 10-mile kind of buffer zone, they also receive a bait ban. It's a two-year bait ban if your county is included in that radius. However, it's a three-year bait ban if the positive occurs within the county. So Jackson County will now be on a three-year bait ban from about that November 18th time frame.
1: Do you know how many deer were tested in Jackson County this year?
10: Our latest data is from December 3rd, and it shows 203 deer were sampled this year. And that is an uptick from last year. The season total from 2022 was actually 199. So we have seen a little bit more deer being sampled this year. And that 199 deer that were sampled encompasses all harvest seasons in 2022. So I can imagine we'll end the season within Jackson County 220 to 250
1: deer. How are hunters responding to the request to test deer?
10: Based on uptick in numbers year over year, I would say that hunters are at least willing to and increasingly sampling their deer.
1: What are the implications for your elk herd? Where are the elk located and what implications are there from these positives for the herd?
10: CWD positive within Jackson County came from a location, like I mentioned, on the very western border of Jackson County. That's actually 24 miles, as the crow flies, from our current elk management zone. And we do have a couple GPS-colored elk that reside on the western side or northwestern side of our elk management zones. The most current elk location is about 21 miles as the crow flies from that CWD positive. And now in light of the second CWD positive, which is more southernly than the first CWD positive, it's probably a little bit closer, maybe 20 miles from our elk management zone from that second CWD positive. There is some distance still between the confirmed positives and where our elk actually do reside on the landscape. So the department and our elk advisory committee feel the risk is pretty low to our elk herd at this given time. However, the department and our partners will continue to collaborate on means of presenting the spread of CWD to wild elk. That would include working with our CWD implementation team to develop some options for responding to CWD positive detections within the county. And also work with our wildlife health program to incorporate knowledge and develop guidelines to respond to this situation. So at this point, we are having conversations at the committee level to determine what are these preventative actions and develop some guidelines. That being said, we don't expect any immediate implications for elk herd within the central zone.
1: Okay. But the crow flies and the elk walks, and (laughs) one young bull was seen down in Dane County. And Was that the same elk that was killed in Illinois by a vehicle collision?
10: Yes, it was the same elk, and we can be very confident in stating that because we've received trail camera pictures from members of the public of this particular bull elk, which includes an ear tag and an identifiable number on there number 357 and we keep a roster of the elk that we do know are out there that we've handled and so we knew that was a bull elk born in 2020 and was actually captured as a calf and then of course when the carcass was retrieved off the highway in illinois that ear tag was still attached to the animal
1: okay do you have any more wanderers from your herd
10: We haven't received any additional reports of bulls that are wandering or more transient right now. It is typical to receive reports from bulls that maybe you can distinguish between antler characteristics, but this year, those observations came forth and it was particularly this one animal. We did have one that came to our knowledge near Fort McCoy. We have a couple bulls in and out of that area each year, so a little less atypical.
1: How about elk moving down from Clam Lake or going up there from Jackson County? Has that happened recently?
10: I believe it was three years ago that a bull elk went from the central zone up to the Clam Lake area. And likewise, or alternatively, I should say, two cows came from the Clam Lake area down to the Black River Falls herd. Unfortunately, one of those cows was hit by a vehicle last year, and then also the bull that made it up to Clam Lake has since died. There is one cow that's still in the central zone that came from the Clam Lake area.
1: Are you concerned about this discovery of CWD and how it might impact elk?
10: With the CWD starting in the southern counties and has come further north. We were expecting some someday Jackson County would probably have a positive within their wild deer herd. So we knew it was on the horizon at some point. That being said, I do think that we have time to get a strategy in place to minimize the spread from that western edge of our county over to the east within our herds, but at this point we're not extremely concerned. We are taking preventative measures and preparing ourselves for potentially additional CWD positives within the county.
1: So what advice have you got for hunters or anyone who's out observing wildlife either intentionally or just casually in Jackson County?
10: Hunters getting their deer sampled for their own consumptive safety, but then also to allow managers to detect CWD where it is present. We continue to urge slowing the spread of CWD, and Jackson County is an area where we might be able to do that given the low CWD positive prevalence rate. We also seen increased use of a deer within Jackson County. Um, So that's located at the Black River Falls DNR service station and have seen excellent use and actually increased use year over year. So it seems as if hunters are on board. Um, They're utilizing the services that are provided to them, whether that be sampling or carcass disposal. As far as wildlife watchers, It's great to see people out there enjoying the species that we manage day to day. And just a note of caution that all these species are wildlife and their wild actions can't be understated. So using safety while you're out looking for animals, especially if you're out on the roadway looking, make sure to keep everyone safe, both yourselves and others around you. But certainly enjoy it, and that's why we're here is for members of the public to enjoy everything that surrounds wildlife.
1: And if people see elk outside the immediate area where the herd is located, should they let you know?
10: Yes, definitely. It's very much appreciated if members of the public have, especially a a trail camera photo or a cell camera photo, to be able to share that with us. It allows us to, A, confirm that it is an elk that people are looking at, but also, B, if we can get specific characteristics or if it has an ear tag or a collar, those bits of information are very important to allow us to keep track of these animals that may be a little bit more transient residing outside of the elk management
1: zone. All right, well, Christina, we will let you go. I appreciate that information, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are concerned about CWD wherever it is and interested in the elk herd. So thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to you.
10: Thank you, Dan. Merry Christmas.
1: That was Christina Kazuski, DNR wildlife biologist in Jackson County, located in Black River Falls. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
3: Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com
1: Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com.
7: The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, Let's you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show catch any of our past shows subscribe to our podcast or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here just type in the keyword radio see what you've been missing log on to lake-link.com today that's lake-link.com
0: welcome back to outdoors radio with dan small
4: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West uh, in West Bend on the web at CedarLakeSales.com. And they're closed right now through uh, the remainder of the year. They'll open up after the first, and uh, uh they will uh be ready for you to uh, come on in. And I think uh, they're going to be uh, over at the boat show as well. Dan will talk about that here shortly. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camelware at a price you can afford, HuntworthGear.com, and by Professional Hearing Care, LLC of Moston, La Crosse, West and Pittsburgh p-r-o-f com.
1: that's right the Cedar Lake Sales folks will be at the Milwaukee Boat Show which is coming up in a couple of weeks they have 40 fishing boats and pontoons that are go- going to be on display there and they will have the latest of each brand so check them out and of course details on their website cedarlakesales.com and if our TV show is not airing where you live that's outdoor Wisconsin you can always watch past episodes at Milwaukee PBS. Dot org and our Deer Hunt Wisconsin show from the last several years is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel.
4: This show is also online all the time. You can uh, download it, take it with you. Go to outdoors or uh, go to uh, lake-link.com. Go to the Outdoor Radio page there, and then you can also check out outdoornews.com/slash/podcast to find it there as well. Find Dan on social media at Dan Small Outdoors.
1: Find me at Hardwater And as I mentioned earlier, I'll be at the 13th Annual Memorial Fishery to Benefit Abate, Wisconsin, on Saturday, January 20th at Knucklehead's Bar and Grill, and that's on Little Cedar Lake. And for details, check out my Facebook page or just drive by the Fleet Farm in West Bend. There's a big banner there uh, letting you know the date and the fact that I'll be there. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes and look for updates on his performances at Warren Nelson. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to you just before New Year's. Sounds good. Merry Christmas, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll be back next week with one more show before the New Year, so get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. When my
7: wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel, When my lazy
9: Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can,
7: honey I'll be troll